Hello, welcome to Campbell Uniting Church for Sunday, August the 23rd. Today, reflecting on the story of Exodus and with a little help from Psalm 124. So a story of people in need and how through all sorts of strange circumstances, God helps them. Exodus is a big story. Ancient Egypt is an enormous story. It has towards 3,000 years of stories. So this one is just a small footnote, but it's a timely and a humane one. The government were beginning to get nervous about their migrant guest workers. They were doing work that was not popular. Employment for those particular workers was not marvellous. Perhaps they were doing a reasonable job at it, but they were starting to make the regular citizens uneasy. These foreigners were becoming more and more numerous. Perhaps they would get out of control. They probably didn't have visas. People who mattered were talking. Perhaps they might take our jobs or our children's jobs. Perhaps if there's a war, they'll fight on the other side. Who do they think they are, taking advantage of our country like that? Luckily, the king of Egypt was listening to the concerns. He was a wise and compassionate king. He ordered the foreigners into forced labour. He kept them busy. He got them some infrastructure projects, built them on time and on budget. With a good whip and unpaid labour, that's a little easier. It looks good in the national current account figures. Unfortunately, it seems though that these foreigners thrived on the hard work and still were growing in number. The king was wise, he didn't give up. He ordered his midwives, when you attend a Hebrew woman, if she bears a son, kill the baby. It was a good, sensible plan, well, birth control in a way, in the national interest though. We suspect that the midwives were more organised than we had thought though. They reported that the Hebrew women were more vigorous and gave birth before they even got there. The boys were surviving. Pharaoh got around that midwives issue with a decree that anyone could throw Hebrew boys into the river. Perhaps you'd read the tabloid reports of the princess who's taken in the cutest baby orphan. Obviously some poor Egyptian family gave him up, probably lost their jobs because of some slave working. Think how that poor mother must have felt giving up her son like that. Never to see him again and then to be rescued by the princess. What a stroke of luck. How compassionate of this royal family. But of course, it's a very different story from the Hebrews' perspective. It's a story of the political mood swinging against them in a country where they had sought refuge 
and actually help them survive. It's a story of being an oppressed minority and it's an attempt of genocide. And particularly sharply, this story is a story of women who subvert power and authority exercised by men when it had been exercised unjustly. In fact, I think this is one of the most brilliant pieces of feminist literature. Egyptian midwives respect the sanctity of life and they refuse the Pharaoh's order to kill Hebrew boys. They cover their tracks with subtlety and humour. They ignore the threats of the male leadership. Moses' mother, we hear, hides her infant boy and then she sends him off in the river, as ordered, but with a woven basket and the watchful eye of big sister for protection. Not quite what Pharaoh had imagined. Then an Egyptian princess finds the boy, actually suspects the babe to be a Hebrew, but arranges for its care anyway, and then receives him back when he is grown. I wonder how old she was when she did that. And I wonder what her father would have said if he had known. And where was Moses' father in the story? He's just completely absent. All these women simply do what they can despite the dominant male power. Powerful blokes in leadership don't always get the response that they want or expect. The women in the story simply do what they think is right. They do it in the face of this threat. They do it in small subversive things and in big brave things to help to preserve life. Somehow though, in the greater scheme of things, small actions like the defiance of a midwife or the protective actions of a mother or even of a willful Egyptian daughter can make a big difference. If we approach the story with more modern eyes, it's a lot more challenging than the regular Sunday school image with its baby Moses in the reeds colouring sheets. Moses escapes the Pharaoh as a baby and then he does it later, leading all the Hebrews to escape. And the psalmist celebrates, Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare. Now, we aren't all needing to escape. In fact, we here are going nowhere with this COVID-19 lockdown in force. But it's a good metaphor still. God helps us with fresh chances and new beginnings. And God does this often through small actions, through others helping. This is the business that God has 
always been in. Now, despite watching a few episodes of Call the Midwife, I'm not much interested in becoming one. But I am interested in learning from the example of these Egyptian midwives. From this story, if we think about it, what role does the law play? What role does it have in our society? And if we think about this story, are we ever above the law? What do we do with our attitude to authority, to those who we think exercise authority unjustly? And perhaps we might think, what will God help rescue us from today? We might think too about what are the small things that you and I can do here in our own community, now, today, this week, that show our faithfulness? What are the things that we can do to subvert the mediocrity or the malevolence of our society with the hope and the new life of God's new beginnings? The Egyptian midwives simply did their normal job and with a small effort at resisting unjust authority, they exercise a higher calling. Moses' mother did the same, protecting her baby. And the princess did likewise by defying her dad and arranging for the care of this little one. So, as we think about what we do and what our church does, its mission, and what we do to fulfil our higher calling, we don't have to think about grand plans that cost millions. The story reminds us that no effort is too small. It might be about the care of little ones, but it might also be about the extra effort of phoning someone who's not well or is feeling lonely. It might be about being a good neighbour and perhaps taking the opportunity of sharing something good or some need that we're aware of in the life of the church. Did I mention we're having a fundraising campaign to pay for fixing some bathrooms in our refugee house? Hmm. Or it might be as simple as standing with someone who needs some support at this time. The stand that we all need to take just now isn't against a despot or an evil regime, it's against a virus. But even in this more united time of working together against a common foe, there are still too many who are being left behind. There are basket cases in our day, people who are just left because their cause is unpopular. But remember, Moses was a basket case too. We don't need to engage in civil disobedience all the time to help get new things off the ground. There are, of course, many local and international justice issues that we can give our support to. Not far away in the Philippines, there are ministers of the church who are being threatened and some beaten and killed because they support 
land rights for poor traditional farmers against the interests of mining giants and large interests. Authorities turn a blind eye at best and support multinational interest against their own people at worst. And in Australia, we've got not such a great record at respecting the rights of our indigenous peoples. Minorities often have a terrible lack of support because there's no votes in humane compassion. So surely if a struggling nation under great oppression can be saved through small actions like the ones we've seen by the women in the story, then there's still a good deal of hope for us, for the church and our community, for a positive difference to be made. Perhaps you've thought of something you do already or something new that might fit this bill. May God's blessing be on all we do in faithful action. Amen. And may God's blessing be on us and on those we love in these challenging times. Amen.